Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We have a very interesting and I believe beneficial show for you today. Today we are talking about VSO scams. We're talking about uh, monetary benefits like TSGLI. We're talking about uh, accredited uh, attorneys versus claims agents versus veteran service officers. And we have even the eligibility as to how you can take advantage of your benefits. We're gonna be joined today uh, by Jason Zdenek, who is a VSO, veteran service officer with the MVAA. We have a lot to share with you today. You may wanna get out a pen and paper to take notes. If you're driving, that's okay. We'll have a podcast ready for you. Uh, shortly to be able to uh, listen to this again. So stick around. We'll be right back with a great show on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. So we're talking about a lot of interesting topics today. We're talking about veteran service officers versus claim agents versus VA accredited attorneys. We're talking about Uh, traumatic service members, uh, group life insurance, an opportunity that you could take advantage of there. But, you know, before we get into that, I really wanted to talk about something that um, it's near and dear to my heart, and it's, uh, you know, advocating for veterans who've been taken advantage of. And I realized that, you know, when I was working as an attorney, um, I would get uh, veteran clients that would come in, and they were willing, and, and not that, you know, I took advantage of that because, I'm not that type of person and I'm a veteran myself, but they're willing to give half or all of their back pay just to get access to their benefits. I want you to think about that for a second because for the person who wants to take advantage of a veteran like that, that is that is a complete, um, I believe, uh, it, it's a complete way to take advantage of someone that is, is looking for help. And there are out, people out there who will actually do that. And so, you know, we have um, over 567,000 veterans in the state of Michigan with, you know, close to 200,000 of them being 65 and older. And there are many, many, many benefits that are available through the the Department of Veterans Affairs, um, resources and benefits within the state of Michigan. And one of those things is compensation and pension with the VA. And just like we just talked about, there are unscrupulous people out there who would prey on veterans, particularly older veterans, to profit themselves. I mean, you've probably seen stories about the caretaker who, um, uh, who, or the fiduciary, I would say, who took all of the veterans' money um, and uh, did not give them their payment and wasn't taking care of them. I mean, those, those stories are right across the country, unfortunately. And we need to make sure that we are advocating and educating you family members and veterans as best we can to make sure you're getting access to your benefits because we want you to know that there is free and safe assistance out there for you that you don't have to pay for. And we wanna educate you on what someone can and cannot do when they're serving you. <laughs> so, you know, if you're, let's just say, let's talk about pension for a second. So if you're receiving a pension, it's a need-based benefit and you can receive monthly payments that offer you know, they're meant to offset like medical care or, um, you know, at a home or facility, those types of things. And it's, it's needs need based, based on your income and net worth. And so 
you know, perpetrators that are looking to take advantage of your, your, your uh, pension are, are doing it in many forms. They may charge you to complete and submit applications, and we'll talk about whether they can do that or not. Um, they may sell you financial products, you know, in order for you to qualify. They may uh, charge or promise a lump sum or advance loan against your awarded pension. Um, th they may overprice you for in-home care or charge large upfront fees to be represented as a claimant before the VA and then require a portion of your back pay as well. Um, or you may receive unsolicited cold calls and emails that ask for your bank information, credit card information, or other personally identifying information. And these attempts are, are aimed at veterans and their survivors, um, you know, and they, they may not even actually qualify for the benefit. So that's financial exploitation, and we need to make sure that we are educating you to, to, to not be a victim of that. Um, you know, there's a free assistance out there. There are people out there, and we'll talk a little bit about that later, that can assist you, even to find out if you qualify for any of these programs and services at the VA office. You know, it's, it's really funny, um, and maybe it's not funny. Um, <laughs> I, I recently, um, I was having some, uh, some hearing, hearing issues, and it stemmed from my time in the military. And so I, I went to the, the, the hearing doctor and I have this um, uh, distortion uh, disorder and uh, they were issuing, uh, they're gonna be issuing hearing aids, which I'm like, I'm too young to have hearing aids, but the reality is they're gonna be issuing those. And, and, uh, and I looked at the cost and I'm like, I think about the fact that there are veterans out there who qualify for benefit, who are, in need of things like a hearing aid and don't have $4,000 to pay for them. So take advantage of your benefits, but do it the right way. Don't be in such a, a frenzy and a rush that you pick the wrong person who will take advantage of you. And we're gonna talk about those people who are actually out there doing the right thing. And if you find somebody even that's not doing the right thing, we're gonna talk about how you could report that too. So I want you to be cautious, never pay for your benefits. Like filing, filing an application is free period. Nobody, an accredited attorney, claims agent, or a VSO should be to charge you to file an application. No way, no how. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But, you know, a lot of scammers, they will say that they're accredited VSO. There's ways that you can check on that. I'm going to give this um, email, this address out, this website address out a few times throughout the show. We'll also have it on our, um, our Facebook page, or you can call us at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838 to get that website. But you can always check to find out if any of those individuals are accredited by going to va.gov slash OGC slash accreditation.asp. That's va.gov slash OGC slash accreditation.asp. So I want you to stick around take some notes, get some great information that you can use or share with others. And we'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. So we're talking today again about uh, VSOs, scams, you know, and, you know, joining me is Jason Zadunik from the MVAA. He is a veteran service officer and he helps to get veterans connected to their 
benefits with the federal VA. So welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you, Director Adams. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here. You know, I'd love for you to tell our listeners just uh, just a brief overview of your background and, you know, why you're passionate about serving veterans in this way. Sure. I, I appreciate the opportunity. And, and uh, again, my name is Jason Zadunik, and I'm a veteran service officer located in the central uh, Upper Peninsula. Um, and uh, I've been with the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency for a handful of years now. Um, and, and, and extremely uh, happy to have the opportunity to uh, use my time and, and, and uh, talents to be able to help uh, veterans and their families um, uh, work through what can oftentimes be a difficult process in, in getting enrolled uh, to within the VA. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, the looking at uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs, it's, it's a large um, organization. And, and we, what we try to do, or at least what I try to do is certainly break that down uh, to uh, make it a, a manageable process uh, for that, that veteran and, and or their uh, family members. Um, I, I am very passionate about, about this. Um, it's, it's what I like why, why I get up in the morning and, and, and like to work hard because uh, obviously if, if uh, you know we're, we're working with uh, anyone that that deserves an, you know, an opportunity to uh, be helped out uh, after what the time and sacrifice that they uh, provided for our country um, I, I, I'm very happy to be able to have uh, the time dedicated to be able to help those individuals I think those are uh, individuals that certainly deserve that help um, that, that, that certainly deserve that recognition. Um, unfortunately, every once in a while you hear of stories and situations where maybe that doesn't occur. Um, certainly, I, I work extremely hard to dedicate my time and, and, and talent to uh, be able to uh, work with those individuals to make sure that uh, we're, we're working through that process to the, to the best uh, that we can. Um, I know I've, I've been asked uh, uh, on occasion, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what, what, how can we help you? What can we do to help you? And, and, and I always say, I wish I had more than 40 hours a week to, uh, to do this. And so that oftentimes that, <laughs> that time does extend into uh, after uh, five o'clock, uh, you know, when I'm uh, uh, at the, at the gym working out, I, I, I oftentimes get uh, asked questions and, and uh, on the weekends as well. And so I'm always happy to do that. But uh, I, again, those uh, uh, just I'm, I'm happy to be in the position that uh, that I am director. Thank you for that. And, you know, I, we're happy to have you as well. And, and I will say, you know, you talked about being a veteran service officer. And I and I want to I want to make a distinction that, you know, there are a lot of people out in the community that are helping uh, a, a veteran with a claim, but not all of them are accredited veteran service officers or accredited representatives. And that distinction is important because if an unaccredited individual is helping prepare, present, or prosecute VA benefits claims or hold them out themselves out to be authorized to do so, they are in violation of federal law. So if they're actually helping with a claim and they're not accredited through a veteran service organization or they're not an accredited claims agent or attorney, they can actually be prosecuted. And so I think that's very important to know that you're an accredited representative of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. So you're accredited to be able to do this work and, and prosecute these claims and assist veterans in the way that you do. Um, you know, one of the other things I wanted to, to talk to our, our listeners about is the difference. I mean, we talk about veteran service officer all the time, but um, one of the things I, I wanted you all to know is that these individuals, just like Jason, 
are here to help ensure that claimants have access to responsible and qualified representation on their VA benefits claim. All the information that I'm talking about right now can be found at benefits.va.gov slash VSO. Um, but, you know, these representatives must have good moral character and be capable of providing competent representation. And the VA's Office of General Counsel is actually responsible for making those determinations through its accreditation process. So these individuals aren't just something that we decide that we want to accredit. It goes through a federal accreditation process where they have to, they have to go through training on claims. They have to go through... Um, they have to go through filling out forms and attesting to basically taking an oath that they will, you know, do things in, in the proper way. And so um, I know you've had several hours of training, right, Jason? That's right, Director Adams. And so just to come on board, uh, you know, we, as an example, I take uh, a test or took a test um, that I had to uh, score uh, to just show that I do have an, at least an initial level of uh, knowledge to be able to fulfill the duties of the position uh, before I even had that paperwork presented to the OGC for accreditation purposes. Um, we, we, I, I spent, and, and I'm, I can only speak for myself, but I spent hours and hours uh, reading the 38 CFR and, and reading the other uh, various resources that we have available that we really do need to be knowledgeable about um, to, uh, to do what we're, uh, to do what we, what we do. Um, so yes, absolutely. The accreditation process, not only is it when you come on board, but you also need to, uh, recertify, uh, not only your training, but, uh, as you mentioned, uh, certain attest attestations that you make, uh, annually. Um, and, and, and it, certainly ethics is, 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 is a part of that. You know, we, we it, it's it's a unique situation that we are involved in. We oftentimes can, you know, certainly uh, be closely involved with uh, the claimants because it is an emotional process. It, 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 we see all kinds of um, situations that we we certainly have to work through. And 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 again, given the close nature of those claims, um, you know, we we, we want to make sure that we're doing everything that that we need to do, which which is both uh, uh, factually. Uh, accurate and, and, and correct, um, in addition to uh, certainly uh, carrying that moral uh, character uh, that, that there really needs to come along with this position. And, and um, uh, obviously, there are reporting mechanisms to address that if, if that doesn't happen. But um, absolutely, there's a lot of training. There's a, it's, it's, it's a very involved uh, job. There's a lot of, uh, as, as you're aware of, uh, legal uh, work that, that needs to go along with this uh, position. And it does take a lot of time in order to uh, get to that level. But yes, there are a lot of, uh, uh, again, uh, certifications and, and things that we do need to consider and, and be very careful and cognizant of as well. And these are all provided to the veteran at no cost to the veteran. Like, so you're going through this training and the veteran does not have to pay for a veteran service officer. Now, I do want to say that, you know, there are also um, accredited claims agents out there and accredited um, attorneys out there as well. And, you know, with an attorney, they, they don't have to go through all of that process for accreditation because it's presumed that they are they possess good character and fitness net necessary to represent veterans and actually can read the law and interpret the law and be able to help a veteran um, by sheer um, fact that they have a, a state license to practice law, which actually requires that attorneys have good character and fitness. And so and the claims credited, an, an accredited claims agent is someone who's not an attorney, but who has undergone a character review by the Office of General Counsel and has passed 
a written examination that you spoke of about VA law and procedures. And so those two types of individuals can potentially charge you for a claim. And so I will just say this, that you know if you're going to look for an accredited attorney or claims agent over a VSO who is no cost at all, those individuals can only charge for certain things and they can only charge um, a, a certain amount of fees for their representation at the, the stage of the adjudication process, which is basically after you have an appeal. And that's usually at the end out of your back benefits. So if somebody's trying to charge you to file an application, they're trying to charge you just to do a very first application claim, then that is not, that's not a good practice. That's against the law. And that's something that you can report. And again, I will um, direct you to, um, you know, that va.gov slash OGC slash accreditation.asp site to, to look up those accredited attorneys and who or accredited um, claims agents and, cre and accredited BSOs to find out. And if you are anytime, if you're uncertain about a fee, you can always challenge that fee. So claims agents and attorneys, which are accredited, can charge that, but VSOs cannot. So I want you to, to, to make sure you're taking advantage of that and looking at um, that website. So we'll be talking more about this. So stick around. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective and uh, thank you for sticking with us. So we've been talking about accredited claims agents and who can charge, who cannot. I gave you a website at the, um, at the uh, end of the last segment. And I do wanna say that there are people out there who may not need VA benefits or maybe you already have your VA benefits, but I wanna encourage you, if you're someone who wants to help um, people get um, tapped into their VA benefits, you should work with your local um, veteran service organization, which is would be like your DAV, which is Disabled American Veterans, the American Legion, um, your, uh, your Vietnam Veterans of America, your uh, VFW, which is Veterans of Foreign War, or you can work with us at the MVAA as we have accredited VSOs on staff as well who can help you get your claims and collectively We've brought in, uh, between the MBAA and the VSOs, we brought in millions and millions of dollars in recovery of claims for veterans and at no cost to those veterans. And so um, we have that access. And, uh, you know, when you start getting to the higher levels past, um, you know, going into the Court of Appeals, if you want to get past the Vet Board of Veterans Appeals, then you want to go, you want to give us a call and we can get you connected to some of those um, attorneys who actually handle those claims. And so uh, at the BVA level and below though, if you don't want to pay for your, your uh, advocacy, you can definitely reach out to us. Um, am I missing anything, Jason? No, you've, you've done it. You, you've done a great job, Director Adams, and in, in, in pointing out a lot of the things that uh, as a veteran service officer that we, that we work through. And, and again, making that distinction from the initial claims level through the Board of Veterans Appeals, there are, is an intermediary uh, appellate stage as well that we certainly work through and, and uh, can address. Um, but th th that is correct that, for example, I, I 
do not and, and, and cannot charge a fee for uh, for what I do. Um, and, and so obviously we want to make sure that, um, you know, that's, that's something that's not being done. And, and, and you mentioned earlier, uh, that you're talking about unfortunate situations where, uh, we see, um, that, uh, veteran and or their family member might be taken advantage of regarding VA resources. Um, unfortunately I, I, I've had to work, uh, through some of those situations where, where law enforcement has been involved and, and, uh, uh other, uh, resources within that, uh, mechanism. And, and, and that isn't fortunate to, to, to see that. Um, but uh, it, absolutely, we, we work uh, with that through that initial claim. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times when there's a disagreement with uh, through the veteran and or the, the, the claims process, uh, there's something that we see that maybe wasn't adjudicated correctly through the VA. And, and, and let's be honest, everyone makes a mistake and, and there's things that are overlooked. And, and part of what we do is to really uh, overlook that or try to uh, overlook that uh, uh, error that might have occurred uh, to try to uh, certainly rectify that situation to the to the best that we can to the best of our ability, um, and uh, to try to really be that advocate uh, uh, for that veteran and or their family member uh, during that claims process. Well, and you know, you bring up a great point, Jason, because um, you know, I, I I know you you receive a number of veterans who come to you because they've been assisted by someone that they didn't think was. I'm having their best interest or doing the job. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Sure. And, you know, it, it does happen. And, and, and certainly there, there can be a, a lot of different reasons for that. I, and, and when, when I, I'm presented with those situations or those scenarios, um, we do want to have that conversation to make sure it's a good fit. Because again, in that claims process, it, it, it really can be, um, you know, you're going to have a lot of those intimate conversations. Um, it, it, it can be involved medical situations that are certainly um, difficult and, and uncomfortable to talk about. Uh, you know, so, so so there's a lot of different fa uh, factors and, and comfort factors, if you will, that can can, can certainly play uh, into that process. And so, um, you know, whether it's uh, simply an academic issue where there's uh, maybe an issue that came up came about, or again, a, a personality conflict, and that that does happen as well. And, and you know. Uh, it, it, it does happen. And, and, and so obviously we want to make sure we find that right fit um, for that veteran and or their family member to ensure that they are applying uh, for those those benefits that they, they've earned um, and, and that are there for them. And, and, and so we want to make sure that 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 right fit is 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 there and, and whether that's with myself or or another individual um it, it, it doesn't certainly uh, uh, it's it's not of uh significant consequence to me as long as that individual is is, is uh, comfortable with who they're working with and, and again we certainly hope that's you know obviously with myself and we i work extremely hard to make sure that they're you know they feel comfortable uh in in, in doing so but again it, it you know it, it, those those conflicts do arise and so again that's why we do have uh, you know, several uh, veteran service officers that are around. And, and obviously, when, when I do get that phone call, and, and it does happen, uh, and not necessarily weekly, but uh, it, it does happen fairly often. And, and, and we're obviously certainly uh, uh, um, uh, very happy to, to uh, engage with that individual to make sure that uh, uh, we help them along and, and answer any questions uh, that we possibly can. Oh, that's great information. And, you know, it's, it's, it, you're right. There are personality conflicts. There could be some issues. And I know um, when I was working as an attorney, I would encourage people to go back to VSOs. And a lot of them, by the time they got to me, were very reluctant because um, either someone missed a filing deadline, which that you're potentially missing out on, you know, thousands of dollars potentially 
by missing a deadline. And so I would just encourage those individuals out there um, listening that one, if you filed a claim and it was initially denied, you know, you don't have to give up and you don't have to do it alone. I know that the paperwork can be overwhelming. Sometimes it can be stressful, but you know, that's what the VSOs are there for to help take that stress off of you and do the work because they're very knowledgeable about how to get it done. And they, this is what they do all day. And so um, I wanted to give some, uh, some tips too, for those individuals who maybe you had a VSO or maybe you have one. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but there's an avenue that if you feel like um, you have been, um, there's been an illegal or unethical uh, way that this person operated, but whether it be a claims agent or accreditation or accredited attorney or a VSO, you can actually report them to the VA. And just to let you know the standards, VA accredited attorneys and individuals shall faithfully execute their duties on behalf of the VA claimant, be truthful in their dealings with the, with the veteran and the VA, provide those veterans claimant spouses with competent assistance with their B, VA claim, and uh, act with a reasonable diligence and promptness in, in uh, providing claims assistance. Those are what they shall do. That's what they must do. What they shouldn't do and cannot do and shall not do is circumvent a rule of conduct through the actions of another, engage in conduct involving fraud, deceit, misrepresentation, or dishonesty, violate that 38 CFR code that, you know, Jason mentioned, which is a, a you know, a federal statute, you know, uh, charge you, solicit, or receive a fee um, that is clearly unreasonable and outside of the law, um, and, and, and really actually solicit, receive, or enter in agreements for gifts. That's something that they shouldn't do, <laughs> you know, to file a claim, um, delay your claim without good cause, um, but Here's the thing I do want to say, there are great veteran service officers throughout this state, um, not just within the NVAA, but across the state with those uh, veteran organizations that I talked about. And many of them are trying to do the best job that they can. And we're waiting on the VA, right? Um, so I, I don't want you to take this as, well, I've been waiting for two years and I haven't heard anything on my claim to mean that the VSO did something wrong. You know, a lot of times it's really a waiting game with the VA and sometimes people get their claim quicker. Sometimes people take two years and you may be talking to a veteran who got their claim uh, adjudicated in six months and you may be wondering what happened with yours. Every claim is different and the timeline is different and uh, just hang in there, work with your VSO and just know that you can always fill out a, a, a VA form 21-22 or is it just 22? I, I know I used to do 21-22. Which one is it, Jason? 21-22. 2122 to, to get a representative uh, for you. So, you know, uh, we still have a little bit more to talk about. So, uh, you know, after this commercial break, we'll be talking a little bit more about where you can submit a, a file complaint, but then also we'll, we'll start talking about opportunities like through the TSGLI assistance. So stick around with us. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. We're rounding on our last uh, section before we close today. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, VSOs and the ethical uh, duties that they have those, whether they be accredited attorneys, claims agent, or veteran service um, officers. And uh, 
we know that uh, there's trainings that are involved. And, and I, you know, we were talking about what VSO shouldn't do. And the reason why I think it's important, when I just think, I know that it's important that you uh, utilize an accredited veteran service officer or an accredited person to help you with your claim because they're required to undergo certain uh, training as well as it relates to security protocols to keep your social security number and your records safe if they wanna have access to your records through the VA system. And that's important because if you're working with someone who first of all, it's against the law if they're not accredited, but if you're working with someone who doesn't have that training, then you know your, your information is subject to uh, being stolen, utilized in a, in, a, in a corrupt way and all of those things. So you wanna make sure that you're protecting your, 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 your future really, you know, because your social security can open up so many doors or it can cause a lot of problems depending on how someone is using it. And so I, I wanna encourage you to do that. But if you do have complaints that, that fall within the, the parameters of what the accredited attorneys, I mean, accredited individuals shall not do, you can also report that to um, that website that I've been giving you throughout. That's that va.gov slash OGC slash accreditation.asp. You'd be filing a complaint through the Federal Trade Commission. And uh, there's a form that you can fill out as well. And the VA um, Office of General Counsel will review that. They'll determine um, what the issue is and decide if they're gonna revoke the accreditation or counsel on the accreditation and, and make that determination. And so, as always though, if you have people that are coming to you that are not accredited and they're trying to solicit you as, as a scam, as what we talked about earlier, you wanna reach out to our attorney general's office here in Michigan. So reach out to the Michigan attorney general's office and they can assist you with filing that complaint for that scam because that's really consumer fraud. And we wanna make sure we're addressing that so that they don't hurt any other veterans. Uh, you know, Jason, um, one of the things uh, that while we were on a commercial break, uh, we talked about earlier was TSGLI, which is um, traumatic, uh, which is service members group life insurance traumatic injury protection. And it provides a short-term financial support to help eligible service members recover from an injury. So um, I know we talked about, you had a little bit of dealings with that. Can you, can you tell us how that kind of came about? Sure. So, and I appreciate that uh, director Adams and, and you know, what, as a veteran service officer, we work through many different, um, uh, th th there's, a, there's a, a large umbrella uh, out there of, of, of services and, and uh, we, we try to certainly be an expert on as much as we possibly can. However, um, certainly working through the SGLI uh, insurance policies, again, if you've uh, experienced uh, that, that, that traumatic event uh, while serving in the military, um, and we, we certainly well enrolled within that um, insurance protection, um, you will want to bring that, uh, whether it's to a veteran service officer, bring that directly to the VA, you, you are going to want to file that claim um, because there, there may be assistance and a, a financial opportunity um, available. Again, with it, as with any insurance, you, you know, you have to unfortunately read that fine print um, because there are some criteria that, that, that does, does need to be uh, met. Uh, but, but again, even if you have a question uh, regarding that insurance, it, it is always good to bring that to uh, an individual, and again, whether it's that kind of that first point of contact to veteran service officer, hey, um, I had this happen, um, I, I, I do have this insurance policy, um, what are your thoughts on that? Just make that phone call. Um, 
and 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 uh, you know you can go to www.michigan.gov backslash mvaa um, to to be able to look for that Michigan Veteran Service Officer, um, where uh, again they can they can uh, at least in, field that initial phone call um, when you're talking about this uh, particular uh, benefit that that may or may not be available to you and and uh, we can certainly uh, provide guidance as far as whether we think that's something that you should uh, certainly uh, continue to work towards uh, to um, uh, see if that's a benefit uh, opportunity for you. That's great and I will say that you know it's a significant benefit is you know, between um, from, from 25,000 to up to $100,000 in short term financial support. And this is something that comes from that insurance. Um, and, you know, the good thing is uh, for those veterans, and, and I'll just kind of give you a little bit of the criteria, um, you may be eligible for it if you were insured for the um, service, group life, um, service group life insurance when you experience that traumatic injury. So, you know, if you're on active duty and, you know, you click that, that box that said you were going to get that service group life insurance, you can actually be eligible for that. And so, you know, you have to have all of these things in place in order to qualify for it. But it could be a significant help for that time. You have a scheduled loss that is a direct result of a traumatic injury. You suffered a traumatic injury before midnight on the day that you left the military and you suffered a scheduled loss within two years of the traumatic injury. And you've survived for a period of not less than seven days from the date of the traumatic injury. And you were an active duty member, a reservist, a National Guard member or funeral honors duty or on a one day muster duty. So, you know, um, there are some injuries that are excluded from that. And if you just Google TSGLI, you can actually find out all these things. You know, it couldn't be self-inflicted injury. It couldn't have involved in illegal drug use or controlled substance abuse. You know, it couldn't have been the result of a surgical or medical treatment. It can't, you know, it can't have occurred while you were attempting to commit a felony, you know, or um, it can have, can't be a result of a physical or mental illness. So like, um, you know, like uh, some of the, the things like maybe it's PTSD and you have traumatic injury as a result of that, um, it, it, those things are excluded. But the thing is, is that I'm talking to people, you may think, well, that's probably something for people who just served recently. No, it can actually be retroactive. So um, if you were injured between October 7th, 2001 to November 30th, 2005, and you meet all the qualifications, then you can apply. And so I would check it out because that's that's a significant advantage for for you and your family for a time that you were injured. Like, you know, I applied for TSGLI when I was injured and uh, they I literally missed the date. Everything else qualified and you have to take the paperwork to your doctor and they have to fill out the fact that there was a period of time where you were unable to do, uh, you know, activities of daily living and things like that. And, uh, you know, at the time they hadn't changed the the date. To, to include my time of service. It was literally like a week, I think. And, and they opened that up. And honestly, I still I haven't applied again, but I probably could apply again and take advantage of that. So, and I served, um, I got out in 2006. So knowing that it can go retroactive is, is a pretty um, awesome thing. So take advantage of those benefits. You may not have known that benefit existed and you could probably give um, someone a call. Now, I'm not sure how many VSOs are really familiar with this, but sometimes paperwork can be a challenge. So, you know, give that VSO a call, reach out to an accredited attorney or somebody who can help you navigate any of the legalese or paperwork that you have and find out if you're eligible for it. So, um, you know, it's been a really great and interesting show today, I think, Jason, what do you think? I, I agree, Director Adams, and, and just to kind of, um, you know, go off of one of your points, you know, I, I always, 
encourage veterans or their family members to, to, to apply. The, the worst case scenario, you get told no, okay? And then, and then you can kind of go from there. But, but I think you bring up a good point. Make that phone call, have that annual uh, benefits uh, checkup because the law changes, okay? So the law can, can change greatly uh, for uh, presumptive conditions. We, the, you know, conditions uh, do get added. Uh, that we can we can apply for to uh, show simply a diagnosis versus uh, making that uh, connection or, or that or that nexus event. So uh, again, re re reach out to that uh, uh, website again, uh, uh, www.michigan.gov/mvaa, uh, or, or you mentioned that uh, uh, OGC website. Uh, uh, make those phone calls, uh, uh, reach out, uh, and, and again have that conversation. I, I would really encourage everyone to do that. Thank you for joining us today, Jason. And I'm going to mention that website again. That's va.gov slash OGC slash accreditation.asp. You can reach us at uh, michigan.gov slash MBAA. You can also reach us at 1-800-MICHFET. That's 1-800-642-4838. If you're a veteran in crisis and you need to talk to somebody, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. They can help you. Thank you for joining us for an exciting show today. I hope you learned a lot. And we'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective.